Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday, a podcast where we get to talk to you about what it looks like to be a Christian in everyday life. My name is Jonathan Sams. I'm back here with Pastor Mike. I'm excited to talk through the topic uh, we're going to dive into today, Uh, this topic of spiritual rhythms. It's something that I think gets thrown around a lot in our culture, especially in Christian circles, but I I find that people uh, often don't have a a defined rhythm. way to look at it. And we really want to address that here because spiritual rhythms are critical in maintaining a a walk with Christ. And so, Pastor Mike, what do you think about spiritual rhythms in general? Because we push back against this idea of having a a to-do list with God, but yet we also want to implement good spiritual rhythms. So how would you define that kind of uh, dynamic? I think it's a way of life. And I think we've got to um, stop thinking about rhythms as specific habits per se and think about them more as uh, um, a way of life. And I think when we start to look through that lens, it begins to take it from a to-do list to a natural overflow. Yeah. So, but you kind of have to start somewhere, right? So how do you start? Yeah. Well, I think it's a mentality, right? Um, when it comes to spiritual things and what we say, you know, terminology you're using spiritual rhythms, um, and we say it's a way of life. Well, the, the, the starting point is mentally how you're thinking about how you're approaching life. And as a Christian, and we're obviously taking this from a Christian worldview, um, as a Christian, you're starting saying, okay, who has Christ made me to be, and how does that impact the way that I, I live? And so there's this awareness, and I think this is the starting line, there's awareness that you are a child of God, that you are, First Peter, a citizen of a heavenly kingdom. There's a, there's a general awareness of that uh, is a place where you start, and that's, that's a mentality. That's not a check-a-box kind of thing. Yeah, I think the awareness piece is really, really crucial because I think that's the first step, right? If you don't have an awareness, then there's not really an, you don't, you don't have a need or at least you don't have a recognized need. And so uh, how would you walk in if someone was looking at you saying, I want to implement spiritual rhythms and you, I, I would ask the first question. I don't know if you'd agree with this, but like, okay, like walk me through your day. What's it look like? Yeah. No, and if they good. walked you through their day and there was just like little to no awareness of or any mention of God or uh, scripture or like integrating prayer into their life, uh, what questions would you ask that person? Person. Yeah. I mean, a couple of things I'd want to know, like you said, I'd want to know what their life looks like. I think, you know, my question would be, you know, how often do you think about God throughout the day? And then maybe when is the first time that you think about God, right? Because even when you look at Colossians, right, a theme that runs in the book of Colossians is gratitude and thankfulness. So you could say as simply as when you wake up in the morning, are you thankful that you got to see another day? Because we're not owed a day. We're not, you know, that's not an entitlement thing. Um, you know, and I think that's probably a lot of people's issues. There's an entitlement problem that leads to a lack of gratitude and thankfulness. And so uh, I think being thankful a whole lot more. And again, that's a way of thinking. And so if you're starting your day by being thankful for another day and recognizing that God's the one that gave you that day, well, now you're already starting off with a framework around uh, God and a perspective on you, you know, that, that God is supreme and sovereign over your life. And so then you're, 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 you can move from there into, into different spaces. And I'm not pushing against having habits, right? But I think if we start with the habits, it becomes a list. If we start with the mentality, it becomes an overflow of the heart. Yeah, it's the same thing we've been saying over and over again, right? Identity to activity. And part of that is understanding your identity in relation to you and God, right? If you recognize that me as a person have have no bearing on uh, what plays out in my life in the sense of whether I wake up or I die, God has those days numbered, um, I can be thankful. And my thankfulness is rooted in my identity Mm -hmm. as a person that is realizing I'm reliant on God. I think 
we've said that multiple times, identity to activity, similar here. Yeah. But once you have that, it kind of piggybacks, right? So if you have that awareness piece of who you are, how to be thankful, living in that gratitude, then we can start to implement some spiritual rhythms to keep intact with uh, God that we recognize we need, right? Because of we've we've believed our identity or we've rightly recognized our identity, right? Yeah, you're asking things like, how do I become more aware of God? Well, the, the answer of that's going to be a couple of things. Time in the Word. Um, it's going to be prayer, you know, those kind of things. So now you're, you're moved in that direction as you start your day off with an awareness of God, awareness of you. Um, man, I want to be more aware of God today. I want to, I want to grow deeper in my knowledge of God today because I realize today's a gift. You know, gratitude is something that compels us. I mean, when, when the whole Christian life, right? That's why we say the gospel is not the start of the Christian life, but the essence of the Christian life, because we keep going back to the gospel as the motivating factor. And ultimately at the root of that is gratitude for grace and mercy that we didn't deserve. And so when you begin to see that, you're like, man, I want to know more about God. Um, how do I do that? And so it's less about, man, we've, just, we've, we've got to push away from the culture of like it is a box that we check because that's how many people have grown up or that's the framework they've had. And so it feels like drudgery as opposed to like uh, discovery. And right. I think, you know, when we get in the Word and we view it as discovery of like, man, I'm learning more about who God is. I want to grow deeper in my knowledge of God. Um, I want to know, I want to grow wider in my call of, uh, called to, to ministry and, and missions and what that means, right? Like all of those things are really, really important. And so when you start with the right framework, it leads to those spaces. No, that's really good. And I think that that's something for, you know, people listening to think about is, uh, think about how your childhood or your, just your Christian walk and how you came to faith and who you were around and how that influences how you view your time with God in your spiritual rhythms. Because oftentimes without realizing it, we can fall into checking off a box or feeling shamed and guilty if we don't do something within the right framework that we were taught growing up. Yeah, that's and good. that's why I really appreciate a framework you've championed in our church, and that is freedom and feasting. You talk yeah. about feasting on the Word, feasting on God, feasting in prayer, but that there's freedom in how and when we do that, just as long as we're, we have that awareness to be able to do it. So I appreciate that from you, and, and you know I, I'm sure you have stuff to expand on that, but I think that's really crucial when people, when we think about implementing spiritual rhythms, thinking through how your past has influenced that, but not to get away from doing them. Yeah, right. It's not like, hey, we're just kind of getting this this heady space to where, you know, it's just this abstract way of thinking. Like, no, it's a very intentional way of thinking, and what it does is it begins to orient you in the right way. Like, I would say, if you think right now, like, what do you think about your time in the Word? If drudgery or burdensome or task comes to mind, then you're not approaching it the right way. I think we've got to see it as something that we need and something that benefits us. This is why Jesus says, and this is where freedom, freedom to feast comes from, when Jesus is in the desert, he says, you know, man doesn't live on bread alone, but through the Word of God. And so we realize that, um, like eating, the Word is essential to us spiritually, just like food is essential to us and nourishes us physically, um, the Word nourishes us and sustains us spiritually. And so when that's the reality, it's like, okay, man, what if we started approaching the Word um, like we do food? First of all, nobody ever like just doesn't eat. You know what I mean? You might miss a meal, but you're not going all day and not eating. You know, for for the majority, and and you're gonna you're gonna eat something. Um, now the way that you eat's different. Some people eat a light breakfast and eat a little bit bigger lunch, or they eat a big dinner. Some people snack throughout the day, but there's freedom in how you eat. The same's true when it comes to the Word. I think there's freedom in how you feast on the Word of God. Sometimes. You're in the hustle and bustle, and you want to center yourself because, again, there's an awareness of, of wanting to be intentional uh, uh, spiritually. And so you read one psalm or uh, you read one verse and you meditate on that. 
And you're not walking away going like, man, I got to get through 10 chapters today to feel like I've, I've accomplished. Like, man, I've just, I think we've got to stop equating length of time in the Word uh, with, with um, relationship with God. Like the longer I'm in the Word, the better my relationship. Now, can a long time in the Word benefit your relationship with God? Absolutely. 100%. But it's, it, the problem is that the, the way that we often think about it is a works-based framework. Yeah, it's not the measure. That's right. It's yeah. not the measuring tool by which we stand before God and go, I'm there because I spent an hour of time in the Word. Also, yeah. the comprehension's hard. You know, when you when you read for long, long periods of time, not everybody can comprehend that. And I think if we project one way to do this, I mean, it's not the same. For, some people are audible learners. You know, they need to hear the Word over and over again. So I think if we can come to this freedom of feast and realize that freedom of feast is born out of an awareness and a desire to grow deeper in our relationship with God. Yeah, so I think spiritual rhythms when it comes to time in the Word is, is super, uh, super crucial with freedom to do so. Same way with like when and how you pray in a lot of ways. Uh, I think we should pray. I think we should be intentional in that, but you know, whether it's in morning at night, you know, the Bible says we should be consistent and in prayer. So uh, as long as that is true of us, then I think you also have some freedom there. I do think there's some spiritual rhythms that maybe there's not as much uh, freedom, so to speak. And something that I think comes later as we've implemented this awareness, and that is spiritual rhythms like, the gathering, the corporate gathering. Yeah, that's good. And like, um, I think part of the reason why post COVID we've seen, um, just churches across the United States, people dropping off of weekly attendance at church is because a lack of awareness in the day to day. Yeah. And so they don't realize, and that there's a miss on understanding what we need out of the gathering. Um, because like I would, I would say that, yes, it's okay to miss church on Sunday. Yes. There's freedom to miss you know, go on vacation, whatever, but a consistent lack of presence at your local church's gathering does say something about where you are spiritually, I think. Yeah, I don't Um, think anybody's jockeying for perfect attendance per se, but a consistent presence. Right. And there's ways you can also not be present on the weekend, but be very much connected to the local church. Yeah. And I think that's also a miss, is like typically when people are gone, they're gone. They're checked out, double checked out. You know, and I think there's ways to, uh, maybe if you're sick or, you know, your travel, whatever, uh, to, to miss, but still be very much present in the day-to-day life of the church, especially, you know, most churches, I know ours do, we have other things happening. So there's other ways to be present around the body. And to your point, I think is really valid. When you look at starting with this awareness that drives you to the Word, when you're in the Word, what you won't get past is the necessary need for the local church. And so again, this is why the Word is so good. You're going you're gonna to see that, uh, and you're going to see the gospel over and over again all throughout Scripture. You're going to see that it's something that happens together. The Christian life happens with other people, and it happens through the lens and the power of of the gospel. And that's why we need that word. Yeah, and I think that desire to uh, be there at the local gathering, be there with the body, um, it it can't first be a hey, you need to be here. It has to come through this awareness piece that man, I need that. I know? need it right. It's yeah. a, it's a source of life for me. I mean, Hebrews. When you read Hebrews three twelve and, and Hebrews ten twenty three, like. I mean, it's scary when you read about, I mean, 312 specifically is like, you might fall away if yeah. you don't have people holding on to you and pointing you to the hope that you have in Christ. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's kind of where you get to the, the Mark 4, where you've got the, the parable of the seed, and you've got all these different, you know, the seeds that fall in different soil, and there's only one that makes it, and it's the one that falls on good soil. And it's almost like you see this connection that the way that you continue to be in fertile soil is by being connected uh, to the body and the people of Christ. And so it's vital for our spiritual health, and I think that's been a big miss. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think that's something that people need to think of with spiritual rhythms is that spiritual rhythms are holistic, in life. Like it's not just 
Once again, not just a box you check. It's not even just reading your Bible. Like spiritual rhythms encompass the entire Christian life of your rhythms with your local church, your rhythms with um, God in prayer, in the word, with other believers in intentional accountability. Like there's a whole gamut of uh, spiritual rhythms that are important for you to have as a Christian, that there's freedom in how they parse out for you maybe, but they need to be present for you to continue in faith. I mean, just based on what I see in the New Testament, I think what you're talking about in Hebrews and even, you know, Mark 4 with uh, the parable of the the seeds. So um, I just think it's super, super vital that people often hear this and think, oh, rules to follow. And that's not what we're saying. We're talking about identity fueling your activity but it does have to be present for you if you if you call yourself a believer. Yeah, and I mean these these spiritual rhythms as you're you're kind of tagging them these these ways of life that we embody, you know, or or live out or participate in, however you want to frame it. There's so many ways you could nuance it, but uh, they build on each other. You know, like um, the 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 macro um, catalyzes the micro, and the micro fuels the macro. And and what I mean by that is like when you gather corporately, um, it it. Um, catalyzes the ability to gather communally throughout homes. And then that communal gathering throughout homes then brings fuel to the the macro corporate gathering, right? Like it feeds off this idea of communal living and corporate gathering. They feed off of one another and ultimately they're for your good and in your growth. And we, we need those things. And I think, again, if we had a greater awareness of how much we need God to go back to the very beginning, it would drive us to if we if we really realize that we need God for every breath, we need him for every decision, we need him for, for every element of protection, if we really realize that we need God as much as the word shows us, right, it would drive us in a totally different way. And this is where identity drives activity, right? And and when we realize that awareness, it's like, man, I gotta feast on the word. I wanna dive into the word. And yes, there are times just like you have a huge steak dinner and it's a seven course meal and it takes you forever that you dive into the word Medium for rare, an hour. Right? Medium rare steak, right? That's just right. salt on it, you know, Pittsburgh stuff, you can do it, you know. That's what, that's what, <laughs> but, you know, there's times where you just feast deep dive into the word, and that's awesome. There's other times where it's a nugget, and the goal is, I mean, Scripture says this, I've hidden God's word in my heart that I might not sin against you, right? Like, meditate on my words day and night is what we see in the, in the Old Testament that God instructs his people to do. So that that's the goal. And for some, and I've said this before, it may be that you meditate on one verse, you read one verse, you meditate on it all day long. I think the problem is we have people that just don't do any of that. And yeah. it's either like paralysis of analysis, like, ah, oh, I gotta, it's like, listen, what if you read one verse and you literally, and then you listen to it on your ride to work and then you listen to it on your way home and you memorized it, you know, like these are things, again, it's an awareness to say like, I need this in my life. And that's the driving force behind what we're calling spiritual rhythms, but it's, it's really a way of life. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I heard one pastor say it like this. He, he took a question from a, someone who said, I'm struggling with reading my Bible, struggling with my spiritual rhythms. And he said, uh, he said, you know, what are you doing a Bible reading plan? What do you do? And the guy said, uh, the person asking the question said something like, well, you know, I just, I get that paralysis of analysis. Like, you know, I'm not really sure. I just kind of open my Bible and hope like we, you know, I, I read a good nugget out of there. And he was like, stop doing that. He was like, <laughs> he was like, just point blank, start reading through the Old, New Testament, read it, Matthew to Revelation, uh, read that, do that three times. He was like, and when you've done that, go to the Old Testament, read the Old Testament, Genesis to Malachi, do that three times. He was like, and then keep doing it. Yeah. He was like, and just, he was like, you will, God will speak to you through his word. It is. I mean, Hebrews uh, 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. You know, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scriptures God breathed. I right. think we've got to get back to believing that. And not as a drudgery, a burden that's held over us, 
but as a as a part of our life that we need. Again, that helps shape this awareness because then you're in the Word and you're like, I need community, and you're in community and you're like, I'm feasting on the Word and I'm enjoying one anothering. I mean, there's 59 one another commands in the New Testament, right? Like the way that we live that out is through community. We you know how to live those out and even what those are by by being in the Word of God, by feasting on yeah. the, on the Word of God. And I think we got to get back to that. Yeah, for sure. And like it's not just for you as the believer. I mean, that is part of it, but it's also for your brother and sister over here that like, you never know what you reading this morning or this afternoon could, God could use in the life of the person next to you who maybe they say something. And I mean, it's crazy what God can do when you're in his word and he brings stuff to light that, um, he's actually using you for the benefit of other people too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I, I, there's a lot that you can appreciate about the, the monastic way of life, but I think the thing that's missing oftentimes is the communal benefit. Right. You know, when it's this isolated way of living, we, we, we have this way of life. We have this awareness, yes, for our gain and our benefit, but also uh, to be able to take that and share it and speak it over other people, right? We're, we're for out of the mouth, the heart speaks. So what you've centered your heart on is going to come out of your mouth. And so we've got to center our heart on the right things. We've got to have the right awareness. We've got to be centered on the word so that those things are, are spilling out of us. And so I think it is, it's, it, we've got to get back to being people of the word. The way we would be people of the word is an awareness of who God is that, that drives us to that space and recognizes that we need that. Yeah. I think the biggest thing to take away here is just, um, spiritual rhythms are important, but they can't, uh, they can't be the driving force in the sense that you have to have an awareness of who God is, what he's done for you. And your spiritual rhythms have to be basically in response to the gospel, right? Yeah. Like if I understand how much Jesus has done for me, how much God loves me, then my thankfulness and gratitude to him will fuel my desire to know more about him and, and get to know him more through spiritual rhythms, like reading the word, praying, being in community with his body of believers that, I mean, is outlined in scripture. And so I think for, for you listening, it's important to recognize that awareness drives that activity in spiritual rhythms. And um, what would you say to someone just kind of in closing, if they they, they're listening to this and they're reflecting and they're like, man, like I really struggle with the awareness piece. What would be the biggest thing to give advice to for that person? Yeah, I mean, I think that's really good. And I would even add uh, an additional caveat to that is the person that's like, yeah, but I wake up and I don't feel like I want to read. Yeah, you that's know, good like, too. I think both of those, and, and again, community's huge on this. To know that you're not alone and to be motivated by other people, I think one of the greatest things that you can do is read with somebody, not necessarily in the same room, but, but like, hey, we're going to read through Matthew together. Like, Jonathan, you want to read through Matthew and let's do that together. There's a, there's a sense in which I'm not alone. I'm not isolated in this. Um, sometimes you do uh, have to just pick it up and do it, but not to check a box, but to know that there's something to discover, that there's something to gain, that there is food that's there. There are times that you're like, man, I just don't want to eat. You know, When you're sick, you don't want to eat, but you got to eat because you know it's good for you. And so I that's think good. we've got to start to approach it that way of realizing like, hey, we're not feelings-based. We're not feelings-driven. Um, and so, man, lean into that community and also recognizing why you're doing it. You're not doing it, so got to love you more. You're not doing it so you can be a quote-unquote better Christian and go brag on how much time you spent in the Word. You're not doing this as a burden. This is not a, a task, and God's not a taskmaster. This is an opportunity for you to discover more about who God is. This is a chance to feast on the goodness of God and grow in your, your love for God. And I would say this, too. And, uh, you know, when it comes to people with kids, right, like if you want to have household rhythms— you're only going to do that to the degree in which you're able to have the right mindset, right? Like the, again, the overflow of your life is going to come from what you're currently experiencing. So if you have a way of living that you're doing where you have an awareness of God and you're in the word, that will overflow into your family. And I know for us personally, kind of the model that, you know, Ash and I take is, 
we just use Jesus's model, which is the the follow me. Um, we, we're not uber structured in a lot of things from a spiritual perspective, but we're always bringing our kids into what we're doing. I've got a five and a half year old, and uh, so there's a good awareness there. Um, and man, just the ability to bring her in. So if you were to call me and be like, hey, we need to pray for this or whatever, like we're going to do it with her in that moment. She may not understand it, so we're teaching her like, hey, we're, mommy and dad are going to talk to God, and, and we have the ability to do that because of Jesus. And um, I've just watched this integration, how we integrate you know, who we are and what we do. And again, when we're naturally aware of who God is, when we're naturally pursuing God because of his pursuit of us, when we naturally are in all of the, the, the gospel because we're in the word and we're in community, it overflows in your home in ways that you don't even, like you'll look back and be like, oh, that was so awesome. We got to have that that conversation. But it's just, it's an overflow of kind of currently what's happening. And I've watched that with with Ashley at home, with the kids, the way that she's able to integrate things, whether it be books that they're reading, questions that she's asking, things that happen throughout the day. I mean, man, young kids will ask whatever. And you can almost always reroute a lot of things back to a recognition of God and, you know, uh, sin or obedience. And so all of these things fit together. And I just think uh, if people could get to the place where they felt more freedom and they were um, moved by um, who God is and an awareness of God and not uh, moved by a, I've got to do, yeah. then man, we'd be in a whole different headspace with this. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a good, there's a lot of nuggets in there and, and maybe we'll do another podcast at some point of, um, you know, how to, how to do this with kids, how, how to, you know, some advice on how to maintain yeah. your Christian walk when life throws you a curveball or life stage changes. Um, but I hope that you listening have heard that one, God is not a taskmaster um, and that our spiritual rhythms do not determine how much he loves us. Um, so that through those, there's freedom in how we do it that f- are fueled by our awareness of him. And so to just know that there's freedom in how you feast th- in the word, feast in prayer, um, but that those things are helpful and you need those things to maintain your Christian walk day to day. I'd encourage you if you don't have someone already that you're reading the Bible with um, to reach out to someone close to you and say, Hey, do you want to read through John? Do you want to read through whatever it is um, and, and start doing that? Yeah. And I think too, in light of what you're talking about, uh, kind of the last place to be able to close this to leave people with is taking time at the end of the day to reflect. That's good too. How was your awareness? You know, yeah. are you reading? Did you read? Did you read with someone? Are you like, what are you doing when it yeah. comes to your awareness? And so there's an awareness on the front end and there's a reflection on the back end to say like, man, how aware and in tune was I to who God is? And how did I interact and engage in that? Did I spend time praying today? Did I spend any time in his word today? You're just reflecting, not as a way to grade yourself at the end of the day, but as a way to to orient yourself to go, man, tomorrow I want to take steps deeper. Today I I missed out. Tomorrow I want to gain. Yeah, no, that's really good. Um, The the reflection piece is is vital for the awareness piece too. Um, I appreciate that. And I think that's really good as well, not to grade. But to just say, man, like I missed out today. I, I want to do uh, a little more tomorrow and to continually take those gradual steps towards God, I think is really helpful. Uh, I hope that this podcast in general has been helpful for you as you've listened to it. Um, if it has, uh, we'd appreciate if you would uh, give us a follow uh, and give us a review on Spotify or Apple fo- Podcasts, whatever you're listening to, or just share it with a friend that you think this would be helpful with. Um, as always, we love talking about different topics. So if you have one that comes to mind as you're listening, uh, send us a question at pastormike at imageatl.com. That'll be in the description of this episode if you want to copy it over to your email. Um, but with that, I hope that this has been helpful. I encourage you to have spiritual rhythms that are fueled by your awareness of who God is. And with that, we'll talk to you in the next one. 